This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tactical Friday. I'm so pleased to welcome back Jeff Deckman. You heard from him this past Monday, and he's back to help us implement conscious leadership in our organizations. Jeff, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks, Zach. I'm happy to be here. I'm having a great time in this conversation. And I absolutely love it. And I definitely wanted to get tactical about what this looks like in an organization. What's this? What this looks like for the individual leader where conscious leadership, we were able to unpack it really well this past Monday, but what do we do? How do we go about actually taking the action steps to become a conscious leader? Do you have a couple tips you can share with us? Yeah, I do. And, you know, I played around with what am I going to call this body of work? And conscious leadership is accurate, but I wanted to make sure that it wasn't perceived as kind of like woo woo, you know, religious, overly spiritual. We're in business or we're running nonprofits or we're building political organizations, all of which I've done. And that's where the inaction part comes in. Because if there, if you can't take this stuff and have the rubber meet the road, it's just not going to give you the results you want. It'll actually work against your influence as a leader because your success is going to be less than what it should be. So the first thing, and this is sounds Sounds simple, but not easy. And it takes a long time. And that's really get clear with who you are. Really, really, really get clear with who you are. That is a journey that I started and I wondered who I was for many years. I thought I knew who I was. I thought it was my actions and my thoughts. And I'm not. I'm something that's much higher. We talked in the other podcast about the difference between the ego or the liar dude and you know the, the ego and, and the inner elder and really want to get connected to that inner elder. And there's a lot of different ways you can do it. A lot of people are already on spiritual paths, conscious paths and finding that. But what I've found is, you know, think of the tribal elder that you could engage in, you know, they don't speak a lot. When they do, they're able to take in input from various sources, and they assess, they don't judge, they coach people, they don't criticize and they look to achieve alignment. And there's a certain energy that goes along with that. And be okay at finding the areas that you're just not good in, especially the ones that embarrass you. Make peace with that. Nobody's perfect. We're all, my daughter says, dad, we're all dented cans. (laughs) I just want to know where I'm dented and I want to own that because, you know, chances are people know where my dents are. So You really respect somebody who just goes, hey, I walk with a limp there. You know, I mean, we all have them. But be kind, be compassionate and be honest with who you are and take inventory of it. And not only it's easier for us a lot of times to see what it is we're not good at, but also really look at what are you really good at? I had a conversation with my 30 year old son, 32 year old son, just this last week, and he was stuck on not following a dream because he refused to acknowledge how unbelievably talented he is in an area. And he was like, who am I to be that? And I said, who are you not to be that? Right? Like somebody has to be. I love that reframing. Who are you not to be that? Who are you not to be that? What are you saying no to? And who's saying no? 
It's the liar dude. It's the fearful dude. And don't demonize the ego. Have compassion with it. It suffers. <laughs> it's the source of suffering. And, you know, you, 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 you do that dance between and, and listen to that, that higher self. Because that higher self is our higher consciousness. And that higher consciousness is who we are. We came in that way. And, you know, we've been socialized and we have a lot of stuff that comes in and, you know, the material world, it's a full contact sport out there. And, you know, you can see every day that horrible things happen to really good people. You've experienced that firsthand in, in your career. But that's the first thing, really, really go through that. And what happens with that, I like systems that are really effective is as I go through that, I learn how to have compassion and empathy for myself. That allows me to have compassion and empathy for people who are struggling in areas where I'm not. So the second part of that is as I'm working on me, I then look to engage people from that, see the human in the human standpoint. And I, I've worked, you know, I've hired a whole bunch of people and I've, I've fired quite a few too, never enjoyed doing any of them. But one of the things that I, I've learned when I'm dealing with someone who I has bad strategies, some people call them dysfunctions, but I call them bad strategies is I don't know how they were raised. You know, there are some people that were raised where if they were raised by wolves, if they didn't act like a barbarian or a wolf, they never got anything. So they come in and sometimes the only peaceful place they ever environment they were ever in was the company that I was building because we respected one another. You know, we had consequences, which I call classes, you know, they're lessons. But, you know, to really be able to if you don't love people, you shouldn't look to lead them. If you don't root for people, you shouldn't be in a position where you can hurt them and those are two things to start with. And so those are mindsets, you know, in order to transform a way of thinking or being, and I've gone through several transformations, is that you need, first of all, a new mindset, you need a new way of thinking about things, you need a new model, a new way of seeing the world, and you need new methods, new ways of actually acting in the world. And that's that M3 process that I talk about on my website. That, that's what I won the Innovator of the Year Award, the bronze medal for that from the Interna International Business Awards group, is that first thing you need is a new mindset. So this is a new mindset. I'm going to you know, act with authenticity, integrity, and respect. I'm going to get clear with myself. I'm going to be clear with other people. My new model is not command and control top down. Communication, collaboration, facilitation, empowerment. We're not org charts. We're not departments. We're a tribe of tribes. And there's these tribal dynamics. And tribes work best when they communicate and collaborate. That's how human civilization has grown and expanded. Everybody's a trading partner. And then the new methods are you know, actually how you go out and, and engage people. You, know, you, you recognize there's a collective genius. You realize that you're, it's your ego that can shut that thing down. It's other people's egos. It can keep people from being willing to share. They don't feel safe. They don't, right? And then you want to open up that network. Ask people what they think. Ask your workforce. I'm doing a, a big project for a year in this company. It's just blowing up. They're doing great. And one of the things that I'm helping them with, and it's transforming their business, is executives and managers, if you're going to create a process that affects the people quote underneath you, engage them in the design conversation, engage them early. And we feel so often that we have these pressures that, oh, I'm the leader. I got to come up with it. I got to do all this thinking. First of all, that's foolish thinking. Second of all, it's inferior thinking. 
because you don't know everything. You've got this living library that works with you. And they know more about your department than you ever will because you're at the top looking down, they're in it. So I tell people, if you have to get buy-in with a group of people, you're going to them too late. And you've got nothing to lose by sitting down and saying, hey, look, we're trying to solve this problem in this department. We need to come up with some policies and procedures. What do you think they should be? What do you think the problem, what are you seeing the problem is? And they're going to come back with stuff and some of it's going to be spot on, insightful and right. And some of it's going to be off. And you just, you coach them through that and help them understand why it's off. But when you do that, you get really clear ideas on what's actually happening, not just my impression, getting their input on how to solve it in ways that they will do. (laughs) You know, I don't have to convince them to do it my way. They came up with it. And obviously I'm guiding that. And at the end, we have the buy-in. They know what we're doing and why. They've helped create it. So they have motivation to make it successful. Man, when you do that, that changes the whole energy paradigm of instead of me having to do everything and push, I now have that energy coming in. And as a leader, that's the facilitation thing. So if I communicate, I collaborate, then I get to facilitate instead of having to push. And because of how humans are wired, that methodology works every time. And to the degree it works is dependent upon your ability to make it work and work. And you'll learn more about yourself, patience and everything else. And you'll also learn how brilliant those people are. And you become partners instead of hierarchies. Right. And more of a team, right? It builds that community. It builds that team environment. And that's when that premier performance starts happening is when, like you said earlier, there's that buy-in from everybody on the team. And I think that's so key. And I absolutely love that. And I want to give the audience another opportunity to learn more about this, right? This is something that you coach people on, you help, you consult. What's the best way for them to find out more of your content, reach out to you, connect with you and get more of this information so they can start implementing it in their organization? Go to my website, which is jeffreydeckman.com. You have a, a YouTube channel. You can either access from there or you can just go YouTube and Google my name. I also have a book. You can find that on Amazon. You can The name is kind of long, but it's descriptive. It's called Developing the Conscious Leadership Mindset for the 21st Century. It's won two international awards and four national awards for its approach. It's I didn't want to write a leadership book that I'd have to read like a novel. I wanted like, give me the points, give me stuff I can use. So it's actually a a workbook. It makes a point, gives you an opportunity to write about what you think about the point and then evolve your thinking around it. And it's a really powerful book. Sometimes I look at it, I barely, (laughs) it's hard for me to go, I wrote that, you know, but my elder wrote it. And in fact, interesting story, while that book was coming to me, I made a promise to myself that every time I felt as though my ego was starting to come out through my fingertips, I'd walk away. And that's what I did, because I could tell when I was getting that download of that book, and that book has a high level of consciousness in it. And uh, I I go back through it a couple of times because it's a reference manual as well. But yeah, the, the book and a ton of content on the website white papers, blogs, articles. Also, I'm on a contributing author to Forbes.com. I've got two articles in there. A third one about to go in, which is the interaction between leadership. The reason leadership development initiatives fail is because they focus too much on leadership and not enough on the organizational design that has to be shifted to follow the new movements you're making with the leadership. 
And I get into the weeds in this stuff. I look at it from the inside. I find it. I understand it. And I explain it. And that's what I'm committed to doing, helping people shorten their learning curves on this. I've been doing it for 17 years. It's been a hard, lonely (laughs) road. So if I can shorten people's learning curves and help them make sense with this stuff, I'm happy to do it. It's my passion. I absolutely love that, Jeff. And I appreciate you providing those resources to the world. Obviously, the books are just amazing and definitely some amazing work you're putting out there. And I just want to thank you again for your time, your wisdom, and everything you're doing for us. Well, I want to thank you for creating a really important distribution network. I spent literally, you know, I was conscious leadership before conscious leadership was cool. And I'd be sitting talking to executives and they're like, what are you even talking about? And I really felt like I was in an echo chamber and I was just like, you know, what am I? One of these crazy guys who sits in his basement and writes this. It wasn't until I won the national awards for the book that I said, oh my gosh, I legitimately have something. And then it went to win two international awards. And none of these judges knew me. They were just looking purely at the content. And I'll be honest and and say that when I heard I won that award, it was such a shock to me, I cried because it was this validation of I wasn't crazy. I was on to something all those years. And I looked and I I thanked myself for having the determination and stick-to-itiveness to just keep believing that what I was doing not only was right, but it would have value. It was a transcendental moment where I just went, wow, okay. And that it didn't feed my ego, but it, it made me relax and made me even more committed to continuing doing what I'm doing. Absolutely love it, Jeff. I appreciate it, my friend. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Good to, good to talk with you. you. You're doing a great service. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.